sitting at a soccer bar near you. McBride's in the box. A hard cross. McBride scores. It's 3-0 United States. Welcome to Bone and Bean United. Happy Soccer Podcast Day. What is up? I am Bone. And I am a depressed beam. Oh, boy. Lots to get into with that today. We're back together for the first time in a few weeks. Beam, yeah, it's how been, you doing, man? I'm good, buddy. Uh, it's good to see you. Good to um, see you too. It's yeah, it's been three weeks since we've actually done a podcast. Uh, now that we're past this in our Premier League preview, uh, when we dropped that, that was pre-recorded. Yeah, uh, too. We by the way, made that ahead of time. I yes. was out on vacation a couple of weeks ago. You were out on vacation last week. Your mm-hmm. trip to the Pacific Northwest. Yeah. Uh, so it is good to see you, my friend. Premier League season has started, and I am ready to jump off a bridge. I, <laughs> I bet you are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've got plenty to talk about with your Manchester United and uh, just how pathetic they've been. Uh, The possibility of a big-time U.S. men's national team star joining up with Manchester United and why that would be a terrible idea for all parties involved. The possibility of relegation. (laughs) Possibility. Hey, you know what? The other thing is this weekend, you could overtake Liverpool. Uh That's the funny thing is if you beat them somehow, then you could overtake them and then suddenly you feel better. We'll talk about all that. We'll talk some uh, other big time soccer teams having drama like PSG, these U S soccer jerseys, which appear to be real. We'll discuss that. Um, I will say first and foremost, I have to uh, address the slander, the defamation of character that occurred on the podcast last week, where somehow (laughs) I was accused of becoming a Seattle Sounders fan. Yeah. How dare you? How dare you? Well, You weren't here. It was the first time I had done the podcast myself and you were out in Washington. I so was. I, took I was it, in Seattle. I took it upon myself to just throw you under the bus That's while good. I could. It's <laughs> very good of you to do. I a few thoughts from my travels. Number one, yeah. we left. I did this on purpose. We flew out of Kentucky. We flew out of Covington because I wanted to not only show one fan base in MLS, but two fan bases in MLS. Just who still has it. That's right. Because I wore the 2020 MLS champions, MLS cup champions shirt. I wore that. I wore the hat with the patch on the side that said mm-hmm. champs. I wore that to the airport to fly from Cincinnati to Seattle. So I got to show the FC Kentucky people and the Seattle people. What's up. And I think it was appreciated because I, nobody said anything. So they, they knew they, they didn't say anything, but they all acknowledged they knew who really rules a roost here. So that felt good. Then I, I got to say, though, in Seattle, lovely city. Mm-hmm. I would go back. Have you ever been? I have never been to Seattle. If you're thinking of going, uh, I will tell you, it feels a lot like if Pittsburgh and Cleveland had a baby okay. with REI. Like a three-way, <laughs> like REI, Pittsburgh, and Cleveland all got together and had a little menage. That's what it feels like. A co-op. Be- well, because, so yeah. Pittsburgh, you know, a lot of hills. Mm-hmm. Cleveland on a giant body of water. Seattle's on the Puget Sound. And there's a lot of hills. But then also, like, everyone is dressed like an REI catalog. Yeah. So that's a little jarring because you're not used to that necessarily. But other than that, like. There's a lot of industry. Like, I don't know what I thought Seattle was. Because, again, you hear so much about, like, Kurt Cobain, Jimi Hendrix, and then, like, you know. Coffee. There's coffee. Yes, you got all that stuff. And it's artsy and whatever. And it is all those things. But it's also, like, a real 
industrial town yeah. and a lot of people that it's a port city. Yeah. Like it's, it's, it's got a different vibe than what I was expecting. I enjoyed the hell out of it. And What'd I definitely you think the vibe was going to be, I mean, just everybody like, I don't know what dazed, I thought blazed out of yeah, their mind. I don't know what I, I mean. Yeah. And there was that like, I'm boy, sure. it was so funny. Like the first time we started walking, we went to a restaurant. We went to, we walked a lot, which mm-hmm. I loved, but we were walking to a restaurant and my oldest was like, Dad, what's that smell? And I was like, Oh, honey, that smell is of Seattle, honey. Recreational marijuana. <laughs> Let me tell you, it was some of the dankest dank I've ever smelled in my <laughs> life. It was like somebody's right, having a good time. It was the first day. And I'm like, Whoa, <laughs> they are not messing around out here. Like, that was some danky dank. Any but free it was, samples? No, not okay. well. I didn't, you know what? I was disappointed. Because I wanted to go over, not to purchase anything, sure. but I'm a big Sonics fan from back in the day, mm-hmm. loved Sean Kemp, Gary Payton. Sean Kemp has a hemp dispensary or a marijuana dispensary. Sean whatever. Hemp. It's Sean, I hope it's called Sean Hemp's. So I don't know. But I wanted to go over there because they had a big mural of Sean Kemp on the side of the building. Yeah. I saw from all the pictures. I didn't get to make it over there, though, so I don't know if that was – I didn't get to see that, but I would have liked to have checked that out. What I did check out – we went to a Seattle Storm game. Yeah. Sue Bird's final home game is just what it happened to be. But that was really cool to watch a WNBA game. I've never done that. It was really fun atmosphere. Good crowd. Highly recommend that. How'd your girls like that? They loved it. Good. They were all about it. They want to watch more WNBA. They want to watch more basketball in general. Good. Um, but that is also where the Kraken play. And that whole arena is key arena where the years ago where the Sonics play. Mm-hmm. So they've redone it all. But... If you're ever going out as a Jackets fan, you want to go watch a Kraken game, like, it's a great arena. Very cool. They've modernized it. It's super easy to get to. There's a monorail that goes right to it. So Man, mass public transit. That'd be awesome. Yeah, right. And it's all that's all right next to the uh, the Space Needle. I didn't realize until we got there. It's like, oh, the monorail, Space Needle, the arena for this game, all yeah. that is there. And then we took uh, an Uber over to same day, went over and watched O.L. Rain which is the women's national or the women's national team, nice. the women's team. They were playing uh, Houston, I want to say. And uh, bad news for both of the local women's teams. They both lost, but got to watch Sue Bird and Megan Rapinoe wow. play on the same day. Saw Megan Rapinoe at the Sue Bird game and then saw Megan Rapinoe play her game. And just real quick on Megan Rapinoe, I've never watched her play live other than with the U.S. national team. Mm-hmm. Jarring how much better she is than everyone else on the field. At least that day, she was unbelievably good on a, it was like 85 degrees and that AstroTurf, it was horrible. Oh, like it had to be 110 on the field. But watching her play, you just saw like the intensity. She's ferocious. She's immensely skilled on the ball. Mm -hmm. She's doing things off the ball that like you could see, oh, those are great ideas. And her teammates just didn't find her sometimes. Not that they're a bad team, but my God, she is like I've never just sat there and watched. Did a their person coach play throw them like under that. the bus after the game? <laughs> no, I didn't hear okay. any of that. No, no, no news on neck tattoos. I didn't catch any of that. <laughs> but uh, I'll tell you this though. Last thing on it, and we can move on. That stadium. Yeah. I don't care what they tell you. I don't care what Sounders fans say. I don't care what Don Garber says. I don't care how many people they stuff in there. There's no way that atmosphere, even when full, is better than what you have. At lower.com. Really? Because it's so big. Mm -hmm. It's so huge. There's no way. I know they say it's loud and it's noisy. There's no way it's as noisy as a 20 or 30,000 seater with a roof the way our roof is. It felt like I was naked and afraid. Like I was out (laughs) on the Serengeti just by myself 
dropped. I felt so out in the open compared to like when you go to the LDC. It's like mm-hmm. you're almost inside. Yeah. It's night and day different. So this idea of like, oh, come to Seattle, see what the real soccer. You have no clue. Those Sounders fans came here. They would like pass out with how cool this stadium is. They would be super jealous is what I'm trying to tell you. So anyway, nice trip to Seattle. I did ask my sister-in-law for a coffee recommendation, mm-hmm. and she gave me Stumptown, which was, I'm like, that's a Portland coffee. So Seattle, a little Go overrated. this little place called Starbucks. Little, <laughs> a little overrated on the coffee. Baby. The original one is from Seattle. I know. Oh, yeah, Starbucks, yeah. Right? They make a big deal about that. We went to the Pike Market, did all that stuff. It's, it's did a you throw town. the fish? No, we didn't get, they do that at like 6 in the morning. It, okay. Like I, well, I didn't get up. I was I should have, but I didn't. I don't know what to You're tell you. You're an early morning guy. Yeah, I am. Actually, I should have because that's like nine a.m. our time. Right. I should have been. Yeah, I should have done it. I didn't find that out though to the last day, and then I realized. Then oh, you were well, already yeah. on West Coast time. Yeah, I was already out there. Um. All right. So anyway, Seattle, great town. Their soccer team. Screw the Sounders. <laughs> crew for life. You know what's up. Um. All right. Let's get into your soccer team because no, uh, I want to kill this whole segment without mentioning them. <laughs> I don't want to do it. So I said on the air yesterday to Common Man, you know, Manchester United has had some problems this year. And he goes, oh. And I said, yeah, they lost 4 nothing to Brentford over the weekend. And he goes, What's a Brentford? What's a Brentford? Yeah. He had no concept. Initial thoughts uh, from the atrocity, the atrocity of that game. Um, it's not only that game. I mean, it's going into the first game as well. Uh, the Brighton game was pretty horrible for United. And not only did it not look better it felt worse uh Mm. than the first game as well i mean brentford coming in okay uh i know they made an impact last year and they did a pretty good job and they started off the season great last year and then they kind of faltered towards the end uh it was one of the few teams that united beat both home and on the road last year so you felt okay about the situation especially you would think uh that the team would be motivated after their first loss uh, of the season coming in week number one uh it was so jarring I mean, it, it really is a bad experience watching this team right now. And I think you can see a couple of things. Uh, Eric Ten Hag plays a pretty simple system. It's not like, you know, Ralph Ranick's Guggen Press. I mean, it's not that intricate. And I think you can see a couple of things. Uh, I think Manchester United are overthinking what they're doing at the moment. Uh, and you can tell that they have no confidence in what oh, they are doing. I mean, Zero confidence. Confidence at all. And then he had the whole thing with Cristiano Ronaldo this summer. And of course, it's still dragging on. Yeah, I was going to say, thankfully, that's all been resolved. (laughs) Oh, wait, no, it hasn't. Um, And so they started him, and he gives the ball away, which ultimately leads to the first goal, which David De Gea should have saved that. That's terrible. Then in the second one, uh, David De Gea literally kicking it to Christian Eriksen, who was playing in like a false nine. He is running towards De Gea. De Gea decides to be a good idea to kick it to him, even though he's got pressure on his hip. I mean, Bone, you're. I didn't t- understand what was going on with that. I, I right? didn't either. I mean, it I had no sense. I have no idea. And luckily, you qualified for Europa League last year. And without David De Gea, you wouldn't do that. So it's been the tale of. He played great at times last year. Sure, it's been frustrating, but, I mean, you're 2-0 down within the first few minutes of the game, and the game's already done. I mean, you could tell that already the low confidence is already shot within the first couple. I mean, then you go 3-0 and 4-0, and poof, there you go. Uh, It's done. But, yeah, confidence is at an all-time low for these guys, and I don't know what Eric Ten Hag can do. Again, I mean, we've chronicled this throughout the summer. You have – 
a plan on what you do want to do in the transfer window. And yet here you are today, soccer podcast day, Thursday, August 18th. And you still have only signed a couple of players who Lissandro Martinez was your big get. And he looks like he doesn't even belong no, in the premier league. No, I mean, let alone I, starting be, for a team. There could be an adjustment period. Sure, sure. But that's not what you expect at Manchester United. When you bring in a player, it's so weird. Cause I, cause I feel like now I have to say things like, yeah, but that player might come along or, well, you know, it's a new manager and it takes time for things to gel. Mm-hmm. This is Manchester United. I'm not supposed to be saying that to you. I know. A Manchester United. I'm not supposed to gash you up about how like, oh, your guys are man, me, me. No, like everyone. And I've we've talked about this for years. Everyone in soccer is supposed to hate you and your team. And, and they, make sh- fun they of should. You. Right. But and, do you feel a little dirty now? We do. I Well, well no. you do. I the Liverpool love, guys who were at Zaftig the other day were loving it. I love making fun of it. Don't <laughs> get me wrong. I never will tire of that. What I'm saying is it's becoming low-hanging fruit. Yeah. It's not as fun as picking on some other like club Liverpool. that actually is good. That's just not right. Like Liverpool, you can poke fun at them with that Crystal Palace game where, yeah, they they rightfully, you could say, arg- like arguably, that's not a performance you would expect out of them, right? But yeah. you can take the piss out of them a little bit because, hey, they're usually not playing like this. Mm-hmm. That's usually not the performance you expect. More on this Manchester United drama. We will discuss that as we continue. It's Bone and Beam United right here on The Fan. It defies description. Now back to Bone and Beam United. Brought to you by Zaptic Italian Village. So let's continue talking about this Manchester United drama. It, it continues to boil over with this team I don't know what the solution is outside of. Well, there yeah, isn't just, one. There isn't just not one solution. Right. Outside of randomly just picking up a win out of nowhere that you wouldn't expect. But it's 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 not a pretty sight right now for Manchester United. Um, this is not. I know it's early, but how long do you think the brass, which not that the brass at Manchester United has been the most active in the world. Mm-hmm. How, how, what do you think their viewpoint is with Eric Ten Hag? Can they afford to wait six months? Like if, if it doesn't improve much and they're a bottom half of the league team up through boxing day, like up through Christmas and new year, like can they, can they hang on to him or does he have to get them like within the next month or two, they have to turn quickly are they going to have long-term patience with him, do you think? If you come down to Zaptic Italian Village and watch the games, which you can do Monday uh, against Liverpool, praying uh, for that one, should mm. be fun. Um, we actually had this conversation last week uh, when it was, you know, it was it was in the first half Yeah, uh, when they were down by four. Yeah, that would be a time to have that conversation when you're down four to Brighton, or to, not to Brighton, that's who you lost to the previous yeah. week. <laughs> Good Lord, like to Brentford. Um, so we were having this exact same conversation because there were a couple – there were a couple of people there, a couple of United fans that like, I mean, you can't, you can't do this for another month or else you're going to be gone. Um, I think that makes, like, it's already a bad problem. And there's been some really good data points and everything come out about United's ownership and how the Glazers aren't putting money back in and they're taking dividends out, even though they should be putting money back in and the money going into the club is coming from the fans. Like there's a lot of good stuff out there on the actual collapse of Manchester United and where it's at and why it is now. I think if you get rid of Eric Ten Hag, and I don't know, is he in over his head? He's coming from the Dutch league. Is he a great manager? I don't know. I mean, again, I think the time's going to tell on this, but you can't be in this consistent cycle of, okay, well, this guy didn't work out. We're going to pay him money to go away, and then we're going to find somebody else. Like, 
to create a cohesive soccer team or really any team in general. I mean, let's take let's take Liverpool, for example, okay? Look at Liverpool. When Jurgen Klopp came over in their first year at Liverpool, Liverpool finished eighth in the Premier League table. Right. It's going to take years for a team and an organization to assemble the team that is matching the identity of the coach. Now, where United's problem is, is that they came in, big-time expectations. It's a huge club. You would expect them automatically to be competing. And it's not like they have some just scrap heap. I mean, look, you got Cristiano Ronaldo, for God's sake. Jaden Sancho has been majorly underwhelming uh, in his time. Amazing. You have Bruno Fernandes, who came in like a wrecking ball in the Premier League, who can still do it at a high level. I, I too, am reminded of Miley Cyrus when I see him. That's what I think of, coming like a wrecking ball. Right. And so you've got Marcus Rashford, who hasn't lived up to expectations. And then, like, all right, you've you've got a decent team. But if you get rid of Eric Ten Hag, and you sign other people like right now, I mean, spin your wheel, right? I mean, there's so many guys being rumored to, you know, want to join Man, not wanting to join Manchester no, no, United no, being rumored as United, possibly joining. Yeah. Correct. United wanting to go after them. If you do that, let's say six months in, let's fast forward to January and you get rid of Eric Ten Hag and you go out and you actually sign a couple of these guys, right? I mean, you sign Casemiro from Real Madrid or you sign Anthony from Ajax or pick your guy. It doesn't Christian matter. Pulisic, of Christian course. Christian Pulisic from Chelsea. And then all of a sudden, I mean, you're back in the same situation because you've had such turmoil and so many changes to your coaching and management staff as to where the players will just go out there and be like, I don't really know. You're going to be gone in six months. Why do I need to listen to you? And I think that's what's happening. That's the core root of the problem right now for United is the fact that, well, you started off terribly by losing your first two games in a row. You were de- DFL in the Premier League. Right. And you don't know if this guy's going to be around enough. Like, that's to me the major problem is because Liverpool gave Jurgen Klopp time and they understand that it's going to take time to implement a system and get the players in and what you need to excel in that system. So if they end up, I don't know, let's say they're in 15th place here in four months, like they're just not getting it done. Can I see United getting rid of Eric Ten Hag? Yeah, absolutely. Should they? There is under no circumstances that Eric Ten Hag should be fired from Manchester United this year. No, I agree with you that the amount of talent they brought in has been so underwhelming. It's unfair to put that on the talent. That would just be has been good. The play style at Manchester United under different managers every other year has been atrocious. Right. But I'm saying this off season when you needed to add, they didn't add in a way that you would expect for a team of their caliber. Can I tell you the number one problem I think Manchester United has right now? It's that Cristiano Ronaldo. Well, yeah, but it goes to that is for years, players like Cristiano Ronaldo star talent would come to Manchester United. And I know he started there, right? I'm not yeah, wrong. 19 years yeah, ago. Yeah, okay. But, but I, mean, I knew he played there very young. I just couldn't remember if he came up as a homegrown or whatever, but he's from way. sporting and then he, Oh, came that's right. There. That's right. Okay. But so pretty much, pretty much. Right. So even in that, right. When he came up, Cristiano Ronaldo was not bigger than Manchester United for so many years under Sir Alex. And I know that's ancient history now. Mm -hmm. It's been so many managers since then. But Manchester United was always the deal. If you were brought to Manchester United, you were bigger. You were never bigger than the club. Mm -hmm. And there are still a lot of players who, when they get signed by Manchester United or they're brought up through the ranks and they get signed as a youth player, they still feel that awe of like, I'm no bigger than this club. This club is everything. Mm -hmm. I'm so lucky to be here. I... I have it. It's an honor to play for this team. That burden of playing for Manchester United is still huge. But now 
top talent in the world, they are bigger than Manchester United. Mm-hmm. They don't need Manchester United. And if you don't instantly show that top talent when they get in the door, that they they can see a style or a pathway to winning with Manchester United, they instantly start poking around and saying, all right, is there an exit? Is there a back way out of here? How do I get out of here in a few months? Like, or if there isn't, I'm locked in for five years, then, okay, what is it? I'm going to go out here and make a paycheck. Doesn't right, matter to right. me. We've been disappointing for so long. Yeah, there's not that high level of I'm playing for Manchester United now. I've got to bring it every week because the expectation's so high. But the burden of playing for Manchester United, the pressure of playing for Manchester United, the expectations of Manchester United, that's all still there. But the top-level guys don't bring that excellence anymore because they don't think they feel the pressure the way they would at some of the... Like, if you go play for Bayern Munich right now, you feel that pressure. Play for Real Madrid? Yeah, you feel that pressure. So Carlo Ancelotti had a great quote the other day when he was talking, I think it was about Eduardo Camavinga. Uh, their midfielder who they brought in, still very young. I think he's going to be a tremendous player for Real Madrid. And I think it was something along the lines of like, well, why didn't you know Camavinga play? He's not getting regular play time. What's happening? And Carlo Ancelotti, I thought, had a fantastic quote. And I don't know if I'm getting it 100% accurate, but it's something like this. He goes, there are big-time expectations here at Real Madrid. He's not ready to put a sh- put that shirt on yet. It can be heavy. Like, it is. And I thought it's a that, heavy shirt. And You're I right. thought that was a great comment. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. it's there are... It is more than just going out and playing 90 minutes. Like there are responsibilities that you have to do as a player of a club at that standard that come with certain expectations and somewhere along the line yes. since the decade long of futility, right? That has been lost. Well, and you know what? To that point, like he said, the shirt is heavy and he's not ready to wear it. Manchester United does not have that luxury right now to say this guy's not ready yet to wear the shirt. Yeah. He ha- they have you to gotta, shove you him gotta out wear there. The shirt. you got to go, and if you're not ready to deal with that pressure, you see it. This is what it looks like. Uh, plenty more to get into from the Premier League. We were going to talk about some other things, but I think it's important we get into Chelsea Tottenham. That was a fun one oh God, with yeah. some craziness at the end and a meltdown from a Liverpool player. <laughs> you've got to watch the video. I'm going to enjoy this. It. Yeah, Darwin Nunez had a, had not the greatest uh, day for Liverpool. We'll discuss all that coming up next, plus some talk about the crew and the U.S. men's national team. That's all next. It's Bone and Beam United, brought to you by Zaftig Italian Village. What a moment! Now back to Bone and Beam United. Brought to you by Zaftig Italian Village. Uh, so let's talk a little bit about some of the other news in the Premier League, and then we'll we'll get back to uh, possibility of Christian Pulisic joining Manchester United and what you'd think of that, because I'm curious to get your thoughts. But first, Liverpool, Crystal Palace, 1-1 draw. Darwin Nunez sent off red card after a headbutt, kind of. I mean, it was, it was you know, it's a soccer headbutt. It it's was, not an actual. It was festering. Yeah, right. It was. was was. Well, and so people, you know, said, oh, man, he lost his mind. How does he do this? What's going on? Uh, Well, you saw what happened. If you've not seen this video, we'll tweet it out from the Bone and Beam United account. You can follow us on Twitter at Bone Beam United. Uh, Crystal Palace defender Joachim Anderson was putting on a master class on how you handle a young, talented player playing for a big club or in a big game in a a testy game game. in a testy contested game especially when you have the lead but he was doing it from the start of the whistle there's a video out there where someone isolated just those two and every time they they bumped heads or bumped bodies technically and you can see the entire way from start to finish Joachim Anderson it's a master attempting for Crystal Palace to get under Darwin Nunez's skin Mm -hmm. 
and it worked. He did it expertly. Every time they had a chance to come together, Joachim Anderson made sure he hit him a little harder than necessary. And you see Darwin Nunez reacting like, what is this guy's problem? What's he doing? He does it time and time again. And then every time he gets hit, he falls down, he rolls around, he acts like he's been shot. Joachim Anderson does. And then, of course, that gets Nunez more angry because he's like, what the? He's hit me nine times, and now he rolls around like yeah. this? What a joke. And he's getting more frustrated. He's not seeing the ball. When Liverpool he is seeing the down, ball, like he missed a chance heading into halftime. I'm sure that upset him. And Joachim Anderson, by the way, is also playing great defense. Yeah. Like there's a couple times where they're both, there's a ball. He, mm-hmm. he takes it away. Joachim Anderson does from Nunez and plays him, he plays him tough, plays him rough and gets away with some stuff that the ref didn't see. And it all boils over to the incident that everyone saw where you get a headbutt and you get sent off. I, as a former terrible athlete of my own right, <laughs> whose only claim to fame was messing with the guy I had to defend I applaud this. Like it was a masterclass in um, crap housery to say it a, a cleaned up radio way. Good job out of you. Joachim Anderson player of the week for me with that performance. Well done out of you. And I'm sorry, Liverpool fans, if you don't like that. Well, it was, you know, masterclass by Anderson and understanding the assignment. And as I'm watching this game and, you know, it kind of unfolds like you could see the game plan from um, Crystal Palace. Uh, good job. Right. <laughs> I mean, you're, you know, from literally the first kickoff, yes. you you knew the game plan. The game plan is that we're going to take all the pressure in the world. Like, we're just going to sit back. If we get a nil-nil draw, this is a big-time victory for us, right? Yeah, right. And so I've been reading a bunch of stuff about Patrick Vieira and how he's really uh, – his players have responded to him and they believe in the manager, and I think that's fantastic. Um, so you could tell that their plan was to just take all this pressure the entire game and Liverpool doing that, doing that, doing that, getting frustrated, not taking their chances, uh, and not scoring a goal. Well, the one thing that Liverpool is opening themselves up to, which, of course, is a counterattack, right? Mm. And yes. so – unbelievable great job um by wilford zaha all night like yes all you, all you need is one all you need is one and he had he'd been offside a couple of times like when they're trying to play him but hey this is your game plan uh so they spring him loose he's onside virgil gets cooked uh and they go up one nil virgil by the way it hasn't like, been it's not a great start not a great start for him so there's all this pressure at anfield because of course they're first game and their tie against Fulham which so, is Fulham's expected to get relegated I mean fair or not that's just the that's the look right now so you you've tied on the road to a relegation bound side mm-hmm. and then the team that you're playing they lost their first game now they've got a draw from you at home correct now you've got this rivalry game with huge implications that again I can't believe I'm saying this because given what we just spent the last half hour talking about Manchester United could be on top of them in the table yeah. with winning this game. And I mean, again, it's not going to happen, but well, it probably won't, but you're right. Like there's a little pressure there for Liverpool to not go out and just crap themselves against Manchester United. That's, that's possible for any team to do on a given week. And uh, so you could, you could feel the sense of frustration and it was getting to a point where you knew that something was going to happen because Palace is coming in with hard tackles. Like, I mean, oh, it they're was playing the way you should, right? And to the credit of the Premier go League, go for it when you're on the road against Liverpool or any of these big boy clubs. Like, go in there and so what if you get a guy sent off? So what if you end up losing three to nothing? Who cares? You're going like, to lose anyway. Go for it. Like, yeah. and look what happened. You got a point out of it. And Good so job. The credit to the Premier League and their memo to referees, like, we're going to let 
the teams play this year. And love I it. love, I think it's love great. It. Like, all right, we're the Premier League. We're supposed to be this big, bad physical league. Like, we're going to let our guys be physical. It's been that way so far from two weeks of watching. It's been awesome. Yes. And so Crystal Palace goes in there. Again, they score the goal. And you could tell, like, the pressure cooker of Anfield was cooking up a little bit. And even when Nunez got sent off, like, you could still tell that Liverpool with 10 men were the better team. Like, they they definitely deserved uh, to win that game. But, yeah, it was, like like you said, uh, Mr. Anderson, take a bow, sir, because that is literally in every textbook, hook, line, sinker, how to frustrate a guy who is having a poor evening, is probably upset at himself, is probably upset with his team the way that they're playing, and all of a sudden, now he's going to miss the United game. So, yeah, yeah. That's good news. Big deal. That's a, and right. And those implications go on into the next week, which is something that is worth noting in any of those situations is you can, you can thank Joachim Anderson for the help on that as a Manchester United fan. I'm yeah. sure if, mm-hmm. if that does end up working, even though Bobby Firmino is going to torch us for five <laughs> goals. I just know it's going to happen. It's right. Happen. Uh, it's, yeah. It is what it is. Um, so let's, let's talk about, cause it's been fiery in the premier league for the first two it's weeks. Been great, it's isn't been it? I look, man. And I love, I, I love watching the crew. I love MLS. This is no slight to MLS. The way when the Premier League is on, top to bottom, game to game, that's where MLS still needs to get. Is I can watch a crew game and get into it, and I usually see a really good level of play mm-hmm. nine times out of ten. When I go watch other teams, I struggle to find the angles and the reasons to care. I don't know if you saw New York City FC and Red Bull. United or Red Bull United, New York Red Bull playing each other. If you saw the, uh, which was a good game, by the way, but if you saw the crowd for it, this is a midweek game. It just happened this week. And I think the announced attendance was under 10,000 people. That's in New York for a derby game, derby game. Like that's bad for MLS when you don't draw that. Meanwhile, you watch the premier league and I love, again, I love MLS. You watch the premier league. You have leads and wolves week one, Jesse Marsh getting <laughs> fired up and into a coach's face because that game was tense and fun and 2-1 up the leads. Yes, there we go. Got a good start to our, you know, stay up and not get relegated season. Love that. But then this past week, they get a draw, Leeds does. So, all right, three points in two weeks. I'll There's take only that. two teams through two weeks that are unbeaten. Yeah, yeah. So, you'll take that. Not unbeaten, but have won both games. Yeah, have won both games. Right. That's what you meant. Um, so, there was... Tension in that first week for Leeds. I can't not mention them. But also, now you have the tension that was on the sidelines between Tottenham and Chelsea. That's terrific. That was... So, if you didn't watch that game, and again, if you're listening to us and you you watched the Premier League, I'm sure you did. But if you're not a Premier League fan, it was 2-1. Chelsea's winning. There's six minutes of added time, seven minutes of added time. Harry Kane equalizes for Tottenham. 2-2, late in stoppage time, six minutes in. Yeah. And at the end of this game, you've got Thomas Tuchel and Antonio Conte. Who just, used to manage Chelsea. Yes, right. You've got both of them shooting words at each other. It gets and they a did little it before, physical. They did it yes, before been the game. It. When Reese James scored, Tuchel goes sprinting past yes, Conte, cheering, yes. firing up the crowd. Oh, yeah. Like, this was... There was a ton of passion and fire on the sidelines, which I enjoy. I'm not saying I would enjoy it if it was my manager every single week doing it. You know it. what? It's not. I'm all it's in. Right. It was so much fun to watch just watching the two of them go back and forth. It's like it's fun how when Jurgen Klopp complains, complaining yes. Mick Complainerson. Like, I enjoy that. It's absolutely right. So the two of them, I think, got sent off, right? They yeah, both they got both got red cards. Red cards. <laughs> 
I, like their embrace so at the great. end was un, like we're so I'm watching it right, and I'm like, oh boy, that's a big draw for them. They show the handshakes. I'm right. not thinking anything of it. I look up and Tuchel's got full on death grip of yeah. Conte ripping him back, doing the yeah. pull, looking at his eyeballs like you look at me. They had to be set like it was oh. awesome. And it then, was awesome. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that's so much. It was it was so much fun to watch. Um. So. We'll do a little bit more uh, Premier League discussion. We'll talk U.S. national team. We will talk Christian Pulisic finally. And I will even shed some light on a team that I think had a really good week. Uh, finally, they got off. They got their first win, and it was a big deal. We'll talk about all that next. It's Bone and Beam United, brought to you by Zaftig Italian Village. Brought to you by Zaftig Italian Village. The team I want to give a shout out to real quick before we go any further is uh, Nottingham Forest. Goodbye, you. They got their victory. I was watching that game on Sunday. one nothing at home. First Premier League goal in God knows how many years. Well done. Good to see. And it wasn't a great goal. It was a deflection off of a bounce off a weird whatever. It went in one nothing over Westham. Or Westham? Westham? Them too. The Westham. That's where you stay when you go on a business trip at a Westham. No, at <laughs> West Ham. Uh, but yes, Nottingham Forest. Kudos to them. Love to see the supporters group. I think they've been showing up at Zaftig. They have. Yeah. Love uh, that. Their Twitter handle is uh, at NFFC underscore Ohio, yeah. by the way. So good stuff there. Also, don't look now. Arsenal. You know what? We might actually we're gonna have to get in a fight with them if they take over <laughs> Zaftig um, during United games. They so. may be the better squad. You never know. They are as yeah. of right now. Uh, shout out to Arsenal as well. Four two victory over Leicester. Real Jesus going to be a problem. Yeah, he is. He's going to be good. And don't look now, but Manchester City, no problems with Burnmouth. Four uh, nothing winners there. Just that's very similar to another score I saw from Manchester and a team that starts with a B. Anyway, uh, we'll leave it there. Uh, yeah, thanks, Bone. <laughs> all right. <laughs> The games to keep an eye on this week that I'm excited about, by the way, um, I am looking forward to watching Leeds and Chelsea on Sunday at 9 a.m. Perfect. That should be good. That's like, depending on if Christian Pulisic is still with Chelsea at this point, because who knows, by the time you're listening to this, he may be wearing the Red Devils mm. outfit at this point. I'm torn on that. I I I am not torn on it. I think I know, it would I, be I know, bad. I, I, I think it would you be are. quantifiably bad for any player that you have hopes of being good <laughs> For your national team going into the World Cup, the last thing you need them to do is go to this dumpster fire right now. And no, again, not that Christian Pulisic couldn't handle it. Not that he couldn't possibly do some good things. What he needs right now is he needs to play somewhere where the spotlight's not as on him as it is at Chelsea. Go to Newcastle. Right. He could walk into that lineup. Could he not? Yeah. Yeah. I'm saying like any sad to say. He might be able to walk into Manchester United's lineup, but the pressure's different. Like if you go Especially there. Especially since they've dug themselves in this hole. Yes, you don't need to now be seen as the savior of Manchester United. When I don't you know were, if he would be seen as that over well, there, but No, I'm saying whoever comes in is gonna be yeah. viewed as like, well, that guy better fix it all. <laughs> it's his fault if he doesn't. And it's yeah. like that's not right. That's not fair. I don't know that you should put I don't know that you want Christian Pulisic in that spot. Maybe you do. I don't know. I would much as much as I hate to see it as a Sunderland fan, I would much rather see him playing for Newcastle than I would see him playing for Manchester United. Listen here, Christian. Are you scared to be great? If you are, <laughs> go to Newcastle. If you're not scared <laughs> to be great, go to United. Dig him out of this hole. Like, uh, again, I, like I said, yeah. I'm torn on this. 
from a person who's excited to watch the World Cup and watch them in their terrible uniforms coming up this November. Um, but as a United fan, I do I do think he would inject some something into this team. Again, I'm grabbing for like thin air and I'm grabbing at straw here. Anything, dear God, anything would help. But again, as a U.S. men's national team supporter and excited for the World Cup, stay as far of that uh, away from that team as you possibly can. Yeah, I agree with you on that. I don't think that's the place you want him right now. I just, I'm not that he might be successful there. It's more about, I just, I want him to just be in a mental place that's good by the time the U.S. national team rolls around for the World Cup. That's where I want him. to roll if- that dice? His confidence could be at an all-time high. It could be. If you go to United and you dig them out of this hellhole that they're in. Yeah. It that's could also true. be shattered and you could be walking into a Viper's pit. Uh, yeah, very much so. This could be this could be dangerous times. So we'll keep an eye on it. We'll see where he ends up. But yeah. Oh, by the way, the US national team jerseys. Yeah, stink. Gross, 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 gross. Somebody saw them. Um, boring is more the, like the, the home kit's boring or the, the whatever, the, the white jerseys yeah. would be boring. The blue ones have that. Like Leeds is doing this for their away jersey. Mm-hmm. A bunch of teams are doing this where it looks like tie dye. Okay, whatever, man. That's cool, I guess. I that's a fine training top, yeah. or, or like an alternate thing. And I know it is their alternate. I'm saying that's maybe as like a third option, not your second option for the World Cup. Like I want two great looking jerseys. That's all you need. And I don't think that second one is much better, honestly. Well, the first one is boring. I mean, the boring home kit, as hell. The, yes. the white one. It's is a white terrible. T-shirt, more more or less. And I did see um, someone tweet out a picture. So I, they're real. I mean, that's, yes, they are. They are for sure real. That this is going is... to be their cup kits. And I did see someone who was at a Dick Sporting Goods, and they had them. Literally on the shelves. Like you can, they said they couldn't buy it because they were out on display by mistake, but they have them. They have been printed. They're not getting unveiled until September, this person said. By the way, you know what? So, neighbor Eric um, is an Everton fan. Yeah. He's an Everton supporter. He was at Zaftig last week, and his celebrity is just growing because someone said, Oh my God, your neighbor Eric. He's a big deal. He is. Um, He was telling me. That so remember a couple of weeks ago when you couldn't get the Leeds uh, jersey, you couldn't get the away kit, yeah, and there were like problems with that, yeah. So he literally told me, and I joked around. I'm like, yeah, they're stuck in the Evergiven. They're in the bottom of the Suez Canal. Remember that? <laughs> Eric told me that literally there was a shipping container that fell off of a boat into the ocean. Is why that Leeds cannot get their kit. Is that it? And I I laughed and I'm like, you're you're kid, like you're you're joking around. No, with me. they He's like no seriously. They've that's- had it on. They've had the the email because I joined their email to get updates so I could get because I want the home jersey. I don't like the the alternate jersey. It's mm-hmm. fine, but I want to get the home one and I want to get it with either Tyler Adams or Brendan Aronson. I'm still undecided on that. Maybe one of both. Must be nice. All I but yes, like I I want that 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 Eric home literally kit, tell me told me it fell off a, a shipping container into the ocean. Of course it did. That home kit is clean and nice, and I want one, and I want one bad, and I'll get one eventually. Might be next year. Might now, be after the relegated. Now will you wear the same stonewashed jeans as Jesse Marsh? I. <laughs> that's yeah, what I want to know. I've adopted them now. That's part of that's part of what's happening. Uh, by the way, crew this weekend, Sunday, big game against Atlanta United. Not because Atlanta United is necessarily that good. They stink. But you know what? You need to bury them. Like, they are they are six, five, six points out of a playoff spot right now. You need to put three more points on their head and say, done for you this year, Atlanta United. No more talk of you making the playoffs. Last week's Brandon would have called them the Atlanta Thrashers. <laughs> that's a hey, that's good. Atlanta Hawks? 
Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Spud Webb playing for that team. Hey, man, you got to go, too, because Red Bull got a win over them. So yeah. now you're six points behind them for the fourth playoff spot. That's right. Two so, games in hand. but Yes, but you need to get the two. And then also you need to bury FC Cincinnati. The next two games, mm-hmm. six points. No doubt about it. Has to happen. Make it happen. Columbus crew, it's time. Let's kick it into gear. Um, all right. It's been time for us. I think we're about done. Thank you for listening. One more week of uh, of this stuff until we get back to kind of a normal format on the podcast. So thanks for checking us out again. Bone Beam United on Twitter. Follow us there. We'll see you next week.